collection called Summer Playlist, and uh, Summer Playlist has basically been us going through different values of our uh, church. I'm not going to rehearse them all for the sake of time, but you can go on to uh, YouTube and check them out. And basically, uh, we've been talking about our values, because we believe this values are principles that we live by. So as a church, we said, what better time than the summer to uh, look at what do we value as a church? And in case you're wondering, they're right over here um, uh, to my right. So Jesus is our message. People are our heart. So all these different values we've been going back to. And these principles are important because uh, they're there that as you're living life and encountering moments, if you have values, principles that you live by, and you had a decision point, you can answer or respond to that moment by saying, okay, is this a principle that I live by? If it is, respond accordingly. If it's not, respond accordingly. And so that's true uh, for us as a church community as well. And so we're going to continue that conversation uh, today uh, as we uh, track towards the end of this collection summer uh, playlist. And I'm going to come from uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 uh, through uh, 26. And so if you can uh, flip with me there or scroll with me there, and I'm actually not going to read all of that uh, for the sake of time. Uh, but what I will read is beginning at, yeah, verse 14. And I'll read through verse uh, 17. And I know I got you doing gymnastics or aerobics, but you just sat down. Well, would you stand with me one more time for the reading of God's word? James chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 14 through 17. It says this, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If any, excuse me, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Come on, would you pray with me this morning? Father, we're grateful, we're thankful, God, for this moment, this space, this time. Now, this is an ordained moment, God, for all of us to be here in this room. You set it in play, God, for us to be here on this day, which means, God, that it's intentional, it's purposeful. So there's something that you want to say to us, perhaps that you've already said to us. Uh, but, Lord, as we connect to your word, God, we know your word is active and it's alive, Lord, and it's speaking uh, today. It's not saying anything new. It's saying what it's been saying but, God, we thank you that it's, although it is written or was written in antiquity, it speaks with specificity to our lives today. So, Lord, speak to us. Lead us. Guide us. We're your servants. And we say this, speak, Lord, because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, come on. Everybody said? Amen, amen. You may be seated. So, family, when you drove in here this morning, onto the campus of Horizon Elementary, 
Uh, you saw all types of things happening. You saw some flags. You saw some tents. You saw some signage. You saw a whole bunch of different things happening. Now, you also saw a sign that said Horizon Elementary. So you knew that sign did not say uh, the Becoming Church, meaning we're meeting uh, in a cafetorium of an elementary school, which also means that there had to be people who gave up their time to transform this space into looking like what it is. Now, you may call those people volunteers, but here at the Becoming Church, we don't call people who make things happen in the life of this church as volunteers. Because volunteers, we believe this, that volunteers are ones who check a box. Volunteers say, you know what, I got it done, on to the next one. Volunteers, they get tasks done. But instead, we call the team that makes this church and what you see come alive, we call them the serve team. And so all of what you see, the chairs you're sitting on, the, the classes that your kids are in, everything that you've experienced today has been made possible because of the serve team. And individually, we are called servant leaders because we believe this that true leadership begins with serving. Some people have an idea uh, that leadership is about how can I lord a title or a name or a position over others, but true leadership is about how can I serve others. That's why in your place of employment, you know people who don't have a title of leadership, but they are looked to as leaders because the posture of their character and their heart is to serve others. And so what they say, what they think, it carries oftentimes more weight than the person who has the title if their heart is not to serve. Because a leader is not one who lords that over others, but a leader is one who serves. So we are servant leaders. We don't have tasks, but we are on mission. Because, see, a mission is much more than a task. A mission is what we are looking to uh, fulfill. And as a follower, as followers of Jesus, we all, if you are followers of Jesus, we all have been given a mission or we've been commissioned, I should say. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says this, therefore, this is Jesus talking, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of age. So as a church, we have a mission. And our mission is not to uproot the Great Commission, of course not, but it's to be an expression of it as a local church community. And our mission is this, is to help others live closer to God. So everything we do as a church, we do it with that in mind, to help others live closer to God. And if we don't do it, then we feel like for this church, it's not going to help others live closer to God. It doesn't mean that it's not good. It doesn't mean that it's not effective. It just means that it's not what has been placed on this church to do. But while that sounds good, oh, cool, our mission is to help others live closer to God. What a noble mission. That sounds good, but let's be honest. Sometimes that is difficult uh, to live out because helping others live closer to God may not include our preferred method. It just may not be accomplished by the way we think individually that it should be accomplished, which leads me to sharing this. The four types, this is not the message, this is just, we're tracking, we're going somewhere, but four types of people, well, this is the message, but these points that I'm about to, these types of people, somebody said, Lord, this is not the message? <laughs> I heard it, I heard it. <laughs> 
But these are four types of people who connect to church first. And let me say this. As I share these types of people who connect to church, don't become offended and don't think I'm shaming you. Because we don't, we don't do that. We're not shaming. Uh, these are observations. And I think we have to be at a place where we can hear truth and observations and not walk away uh, offended. If not, we need to ask the Lord to help our heart. Uh, because sometimes uh, the truth the truth of Jesus can be offend, offendable because it's offendable to our flesh. And that's a good thing. So it's saying, Lord, uh, what is it in me that you need to reveal and change in me and then welcome that? Uh, so if, you, if any of us get offended, don't stay there, uh, but ask the Lord to help you uh, in that because nothing that's communicated uh, is done with the purpose to offend, as in maliciously, uh, but as an observation and to uh, inform us. So you're tracking with me on that this morning? Awesome. Five of you. Um, but the first type of person who uh, connects the church is the critic, right? This person is one who will never find anything positive to say about the church, but instead they will always criticize. Well, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did that. Why would they say this? Why would they say that? Oh, they're going to help that place. They should help this place. Like, isn't it good that they like doing something, you know, right? They just will, will always criticize. Then there's the casual person. That's one who uh, attends on major occasions. They attend every now and then. And again, as I say this, please don't feel guilty. Don't don't uh, feel uh, shame because that's not what this what I'm speaking this uh, to make you feel. I'm just simply making an observation and we're going somewhere. Um, you know, uh, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, those are their major moments. But here's my thing. I'm like, yo, if you attend casually, if you're on Christmas, if you're on Easter, if you're on Mother's Day, uh, I thank God that you're there those days. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will convict you in that moment. And, and the Lord just begins the journey in your life. And let me say this. You may be here every Sunday and still be far from God. So these are not statements for anyone to feel shame. These are observations. Uh, then there's the consumer. I might get a little bit petty on some stuff I say about the consumer, so y'all track with me. I might, I might. But the consumer is one who comes in with an expectation that everything about the church should revolve around them. When are you going to sing the songs I like? When are you going to preach the sermon series I like? Why did they, they didn't wave at me with the same level of excitement as they did last week. You know, I hope there is a word for me. I don't care about the other folks, but I hope there is a word for me today because I need a word. <laughs> I hope the worship team do the songs. I like. like every thought is a consumer thought. And I recognize this. So I've been on Facebook for a long time. I remember, like, I still have my college address, email address that I had to have back then to use it to log into Facebook. Um, so I've been on it a while. And so, you know, I'm part of groups I didn't even realize I'm in. I'm like, what in the world is this? But, you know, you might be part of that big old what's happening Huntsville group or whatever. I don't know. But I'll see stuff pop up. This is part of what I'm saying. It might be a little petty. And if you get offended, please don't. Um, but, yeah. Um, I see, looking for a new church home because my current church, the word is just for babies and I need more meat. <laughs> now, you may say, oh, you're just being petty because you preach and so you're just trying to take up for a fellow preacher. Not at all. 
What I'm saying is when I see a statement like that, I say, okay, so when our three kids were babies, were younger, we fed them. We, we, we got the spoon and we gave them the food because they couldn't do it themselves. But as they are getting older, the plate is placed in front of them. They need to pick up the fork and then begin to feed themselves. And so we're in a dangerous spot if we're waiting for somebody to feed us and we're, o- we're over here no longer babies anymore. And so there's a point where we got to pick up the fork and begin to eat. And so it's not... Is this bad if I say this? I wish that person was here today so they can hear this. This is good stuff. I don't even know who they are. They did it anonymously. But don't rely on that person to feed you. So, so when, when a, a, a pastor is up here and, and they're sharing uh, the word, like they're covering a wide spectrum of different places where people are in their spiritual journey. So there may be Sundays where it's like, whoa, way over here. There may be Sundays where it feels like it's a little bit shallow. But here's what's so, supposed to happen is that you go back home and you sit down and you open up the word and you say, Lord, what are you saying through this? It's why they say, hey, take notes, follow along, which, by the way, you can download the Becoming Church app and you can follow along that way. Or you could go on Instagram right now, uh, DM the Becoming Church, the word sermon, and you'll get the notes as well. Right. So you can go home and you can take notes and say, Lord, what are you saying through your word? Right? What are you speaking to? But the whole idea is this, this thought of consumerism, which we have taken, which I get it, because we all do it in some kind of way. It's the American or Western culture that we live in. We are consumers, and we allow um, the effects of that to infiltrate uh, every aspect of life, including our faith and our walk with the Lord. But that's not what church is. So there's the critic, the casual, the consumer. And then there's the contributor. That's one who doesn't expect everything to revolve around them, but they ask the question, how can I contribute to this environment as it relates to the mission and vision of this house? So not trying to change the mission, not trying to change the vision, but saying, how can I help this vision become a reality? One who says what, who asks what needs to be done and then goes and gets it done. And I say all of that to say this. I want us all to be contributors. And I'm so grateful and thankful that the Becoming Church exists. It's only here today because of contributors. Because people, it, it, listen, it brings me to a place of humility to look back over this journey that began in March of 2021 and see people who have connected to the vision and who are moving with that vision as if the Lord gave it to them first. Because the vision of the church, it's God's. So he allowed Katie and I to see it and hear it first, and then it was our responsibility to share it, but we don't own the vision. It's his. And it's just been so uh, humbling to see people connect to the vision. And so the church you know, the church you connect to, the people you know, the people you connect to, it's folks who are contributing to this space and this environment. It gives me so much joy that I'll scroll social media and I'll see people who didn't know each other. They're hanging out together. They're showing up at birthday parties. They're showing up at major moments. They're showing up at games. They're in small groups together. They're, they're, they're vacationing. That's the real thing. Like They're vacationing together. 
two years ago, a year and a half ago, they didn't know each other. And folks are going on vacation together. Like, that's amazing. But it's because of people who realize, like, I get to contribute to this environment and see it become what it can become. And I'm so grateful that that's happening. And, and one of the ways that we do that is by serving. It's one of our values. In fact, we say it like this, serving is our calling. And so we don't want to be a church of critics, a church of casuals, a church of consumers, but we want to be a church of contributors, or in other words, a church of servant leaders. And listen, if you find yourself in any one of those spaces, uh, critic, uh, casual, or consumer, please keep on showing up. Please keep on coming because we're all welcome here to be at the place of our spiritual journey where we are. And then the conviction of the Holy Spirit, not condemnation, but the conviction, which is an opportunity to live life recentered back to the will of God, will eventually grab our heart and the Lord will move us along that spectrum to being a contributor. But this has been the very foundation of our church. We announced the church in March of 21. Like, hey, we're playing the church here in the area. And it was like, we, we who? It was me, Katie, and our three kids. <laughs> that was the we. Um, and then eventually there were a handful, a handful of people, literally a handful of people, that was like, yo, I connect with that vision. And that was March. And then in April, the very first thing we did as a church, we served uh, Lee High School. I was driving by one day, and I saw the grounds were not in the best shape. I'm like, come on, this is a high school right here uh, in Huntsville. There's no way this school should look like this. And so with just the small amount of resources that we had and the small team that we had, we went out there. I think we have a couple pictures to try to make a difference. And so it's Corey and Cherish and Callie. Look at that. King wasn't even here yet. Look at that. There's a... Is that Ty? I think that's Ty. Is that Ty? Is Katie? It looked like him. I don't know. I think he probably like, Mommy, look at that spider. Uh, but he was doing his best. And uh, what else we got? Zo- oh, gosh. No, don't, don't do that. Because she's going to be giving me problems later. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's how she gets you. But I should have had it before, but this is after. And we just spent time. It was hot. It was a very hot day that April. But we were out there serving because we're like, yo, this is going to be the foundation of the church. That we say we love this city. It's not a slogan, but it's something that we believe when we wear these T-shirts that say, I love my city. That in the way that we express our love for the city is to serve the city. And then we believe this, that God didn't call us to change the city. What? Huh? Who says God didn't call you to change the city? No, we believe that. He didn't call us to change the city, but he called us to serve the city. And the way that change comes to the city is by way of us serving the city. So we're servants first. In fact, Every first Saturday, pretty much every 95% of every first Saturday, we're over in the Northwood community in some capacity serving. We call it I Love My City, and it's available for you to connect to every first Saturday. In fact, this month, the month of July, it's been a month filled with serving opportunities. Uh, Just last Sunday, we didn't even gather. We took a Sunday. Some folks were like, yo, you're crazy for doing that. I said, we're crazy for not doing it. But we took a Sunday and we serve right here at Horizon Elementary through Serve Sunday. Because when we came to this school, this was much more than us using a space to host some services. But we wanted 
us our presence to be here uh, to make a difference, that when the Lord calls us to our own uh, facility, that those folks here at Horizon are like, can y'all kind of like not leave, you know, because of the impact that we've made. And so we look for every opportunity to serve this school. And so uh, what we did last week, uh, we painted uh, some bath, uh, several bathrooms here and, and kind of refreshed them and did a lot of different work there. Uh, we cleaned out every classroom in the school. Uh, we uh, did some work and cleaned up in some areas in the classrooms. Uh, we did some landscaping uh, outside in the garden area. Just all different types of projects were happening here around the school. Because that's what we do. We serve. And then coming up on this Saturday at 7.30 a.m. on the campus of Calhoun Community College right here in Huntsville, uh, we're going to be hosting, along with some other churches, a mobile food pantry. So we're going to have the opportunity to feed well over 1,000 people. We did this back in November, and we fed, I believe it was uh, a little bit over 1,400 people that were on site. So who knows what that number was that represented uh, total people in households. But we, we, we did that. We're going to do that again. I want to encourage you to participate in that. Uh, you can text uh, TBC Food Pantry to 94000 to sign up. And it's an easy on-ramp to serving for the whole family. You can bring the whole family out and easy serve uh, opportunity. Don't worry. If it's hot, we're going to have water. We're going to have Gatorade. We're going to be ready because this is what we believe in. But maybe you're like, listen, Saturdays are tough for me. Uh, I work on Saturdays or my kid uh, involved in lots of sports or just whatever the reason may be that you're not able to make it. Well, what I want to share with us like in five minutes, seven, nine, nine, give me nine, give me nine. If you give me nine, you might as well give me ten. <laughs> oh, pastors in numbers, you got to watch them. Um, but I want to share some reasons that we, some ways that we can serve that may be beyond what we typically think when we think about serving and here's the first observation I want to make is we can serve with our words. And you can serve with your words because at the heart of serving, it's the point to Jesus, right? And let me say this. I say that on purpose. The heart of serving is the point to Jesus because when we host these different events and these different serve opportunities, is not to invite them to the Becoming Church. We don't say that at all. Um, it's, it's to serve. You know, some people had the wrong idea of, like, outreach, outreach as a way to grow the church. Like, because we served you, you need to show up now on Sunday. Not at all. That's not the reason why we do what we do. We do what we do. It's because serving is our calling, and we're pointing to Jesus. And so whether they connect at the Becoming Church or another church or whatever, thank God that they're connecting to Jesus. So that's why we serve. We can serve with our words. Look at Romans 10, 13 and 14. It says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? In other words, our words matter. And the words that we should speak should tell a story of faith, right? And and I say it this way. Maybe in your uh, work environment. When they speak doubt, you can speak faith. When they speak fear, you can speak victory. When they speak anxiety, you can speak peace. To the point that you annoy folks. Like, how come every time I want to complain and talk about how crazy uh, our boss is and everything else around this place, you always have some words of faith to speak? And what it does, it begins to give you this bridge to share why you have the faith 
that you have. And you're serving people at that point when you're pointing to Jesus. So there's a question that we must ask, what kind of words are we speaking? Well, we should speak the words that tell others how Jesus changed your life. Because that's, that's, very, that's very important and powerful because it's your story. It's your testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, by, by what Jesus has done in our lives. And that's very uh, important because people will debate you on theology. Well, can women preach? Can women teach? Can can can? Are the gifts uh, are still active? Do miracles still happen uh, today? And all these different things. By the way, yes, women can preach, and all these different things that that we can sit and you can have debates around that people will try to debate you or get you to believe what they believe and how they interpret something. But you know what they can't debate is your story. Is what God has done in your life. Is how God has stepped in the middle of your story, in the middle of your mess to where now your mess has become a message of hope, of freedom, of victory, of God's deliverance in your life. So you may debate me on all these things, but you can't debate me of what God brought me out of. You can't debate me about how he changed my life. You can't debate me of how I have rewritten the story of my family. It's not up for debate. And so one of the most powerful ways that we can serve with our words is when we tell people their story because they get this glimpse that, wow, if he can do that in your life, then perhaps he can do it in mine. So we can serve people with our words. Next, we can serve people with our works. We can serve people with our works. You know, James, the book of James is known as the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's very practical and right to the point. And James verses 14 through 17, I'm going to summarize it, uh, but I'll read it. He says this, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister without clothes is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, is, if it is not accompanied by action or works, is dead. Here's what James is saying through that. If you know somebody is hungry, don't say, you know what? I have faith that you're going to eat. James says, if you don't run over to that restaurant and get them something to eat, then you'll know that they ate. Just very practical. So he's saying faith without works is dead. Now you say, wait a minute. Earlier during the communion portion, you said that, it's, that we're not saved by our works, but it's by grace and faith in Jesus. And I'll tell you, correct. <laughs> so you're saying, wait a minute. So is Paul, uh, who wrote that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, is he contradicting James? Wait a minute. Well, no, it's not in contradiction. So what Paul is saying is that, it's our faith, our belief in Jesus that he is who he says he is and that he did exactly what he said he was going to do by putting our faith in him, that he's Lord and Savior, that he lived a sinless life and he died and rose up out of the grave. By putting our faith in him that we are saved and the fact that we get to do that is a reflection of his grace. So, yes, that's true. What James is saying 
is that because of your faith that you placed in what Jesus has done, it should move you into action. Are you tracking with me this morning? So they're not contradicting themselves. James is saying, because of your faith in Jesus, you believe that a man died and rose again. How in the world can you not get somebody a hamburger when they're hungry? So your faith should move us into action. And that's exactly what Serve Day is on July 15th. It's us coming together for this mobile food pantry of getting into action. Because I believe this, when we're able to meet someone's basic needs, we're better positioned to meet their spiritual needs. Oftentimes we want to use the Bible almost, maybe not intentionally, but in some, kind of, in some ways as a bat. And we're just beating people with it. And it's like, yo, have you thought about the practical parts of their life? Because the spiritual and the practical part are not at odds. I just mentioned how James is a very practical uh, letter. And so, so is... Uh, the book of Proverbs as well. So the practical and the spiritual are not at odds at each other. So how can we meet some practical basic needs that will allow us to be positioned to meet some spiritual needs? And I'm going to land this plane. Matthew, if you come, here's the last observation. Serve with our worship. Paul says this in Romans 12.1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So that I'm not going to get into all of it, but I'll tell you what the word worship here means. It means this. It means to serve or to do service. So worship, in essence, is an act of service. It's serving. And that's why worship is so much more than a set list on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than the three songs in a transition. But it's part, it's, 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 that's part of it, but that's not all of it. So then it's the question, okay, so then what does it look like? Well, we worship, it looks like this, we worship with our lives. Look at Mark 10, 45. This is Jesus. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he says, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Remember, leadership is about serving. So he says, I didn't come to be served, but to serving. Give my life as a ransom for many. So here's a question for us. How are we giving our lives away? How are we giving what God has given us? How are we giving that away? How are we following Philippians 2? Jesus is our great example. How are we following the model that Jesus has laid out for us? Secondly, we worship with our talent. So what, with what God has given me, how can I serve others? Many of you are creative. Uh, you're very strategic thinkers. You just see things in, a, in, a, in, a, in ways that others can't. You solve problems very easily. How can what God, with what God has given you, that talent, that gift, how can you serve others? We also worship with our time. The most precious commodity that we have is time. We can't purchase more of it and we can't rewind it. So then we have to pay attention to how we steward it. So will we steward it all on ourselves or will we give it away as a benefit to others? An hour on a Saturday morning to serve others. How can we evaluate with how we spend our time now? Just maybe in that downtime, instead of picking up the phone to scroll, what if we pick, what if instead we use that moment to pray? For family, to pray for friends, to pray for the city. 
and then we worship with our treasure. You know, the previous church that we were on staff at in Dothan, Alabama, it was a very missional-minded church, and we supported uh, 60 missionaries all around the world uh, financially. And we weren't a large church with less than 500 people, perhaps less than 300 people. And we would consistently rank in the top 10 in missions giving amongst churches of 10,000, 12,000 people because the church had caught the, the heart of serving with their treasure. Because here's why that's important. God will allow us to reach and touch spaces that we may physically never go, but treasure our money, our finances will. And so he doesn't place the money in our hands just so that it can benefit us, but so that with the money in our hands, we can see what God can do through us. So we worship with our treasure. So here's what I encourage us to do this morning. Excuse me. Us to do every morning. Is when you get up, ask the Lord, how can I worship you today with my life? How can I worship you with my talent? How can I worship you with my time? How can I worship you with my treasure? And I think what that does, it puts the focus that I'm considering others, that I'm looking for ways to serve others, that I'm not so much concerned with, Lord, what do you have for me today? But it's, Lord, what can you do through me today for someone else? Then you say, well, what about my needs? Well, think about this. If we're all doing that, I'm praying for you and you're praying for me. And, the, and, and whatever... I think sometimes we hesitate is because we think that, well, if God meets the needs in this house, he can't take care of the needs in that house. But we got to remember who we're talking about, the all-supreme, all-powerful God. So you serving someone else doesn't neglect what God can do in your house. In fact, I know this. Every time it's I Love My City uh, uh, Saturday, I always hear a story of how, man, I was showing up to help make a difference here, and I'm leaving feeling so blessed because that's what serving does here here you are you're pouring out but the lord is pouring right back in to you and i'll leave you with this quote from john wesley he says this one of the principal rules of religion is to lose no occasion of serving god and since he is invisible to our lives we are to serve him in our neighbor which he receives as if done to himself in person, standing visibly before us. In other words, when we serve others, it's as if we are serving God, which is why our approach to the office, to work, is important. Because we can come in there with that mindset, man, these people ain't getting the best of me. I ain't studying them. Too real. When it's quiet, that's how I know it hits. Ain't no amen on that one. But you got to remember, our service is not to them, but it's to God. I said this earlier, everyone wants to know what their calling is. And it's simple. We are called to know God and to make him known. And God gives us unique ways to express that. So here's a very simple thing here. Serving is our calling. That's what I want us to remember today. If there's nothing else, remember this, serving is our calling. Will you pray with me today?